You're listening to Comedy Central. May 1st, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Netflix show, Dear White People. Antoinette Robinson is joining us, everybody. But first, but first, if you're one of those people who believes Facebook has too much access to your personal information, well, good news. Facebook would like to introduce you to someone with similar concerns. Mark Zuckerberg announcing that Facebook is getting into dating. He says that 200 million people list themselves as single, and Zuckerberg wants to foster long-term relationships. So today... Uh, we are announcing a new set of features coming soon around dating. Now, this is going to be this is going to be for building real long-term relationships, all right? Not just hookups. Yay! <laughs> Finally, relationships without the hookups. Yeah, Facebook really has its finger on the pulse. You know how many times I've been in a relationship like, ah, oh, too much hooking up, too much hooking up. You know what really turned me on? Meeting your parents, yeah. <laughs> but it is sweet that Zuckerberg says this is for building long-term relationships. Just imagine, you meet someone on Facebook, you get married, you have a kid, and then because you didn't read the terms of service, Facebook takes that kid and sells it to Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. And, and then it's only a matter of time before the Russians meddle in our love lives. It's gonna be like, yes, I'm seeking long-term relationship. We make life together and vote as family. <laughs> and speaking of people you wouldn't trust with your personal information, do you guys remember Harold Bornstein? He was Trump's personal doctor and Lebowski stunt double. You remember him? <laughs> well, when Trump uh, took office early last year, Dr. Bornstein told the New York Times that Trump was perfectly healthy for his age and that he took a few medications, including Propecia, to try and slow down his balding. Well, it turns out the president was really pissed that his doctor suffered from open-mouth disease. Breaking news. A rather bizarre new allegation from President Trump's former private physician, Dr. Harold Bornstein, says uh, shortly after President Trump took office, the president's personal bodyguard and a top lawyer for the Trump organization suddenly came into his office, made off with all all of the president's medical records going back decades. Who created a lot of chaos. I couldn't believe anybody was making a big deal about a drug that's to grow, to grow his hair, which seemed to be so important. And it certainly is not a breach of medical trust to tell somebody they take Propecia to grow their hair. What's the matter with that? Okay, uh, first off, beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when he was giving Trump Propecia, he was like, one for you, one for me. <laughs> one for you, one for me. And second, I, I, I'm completely on President Trump's side on this one. Your doctor's not supposed to disclose your medical information to anyone, especially not the New York Times. 
Like, the way he's saying it, he doesn't even sound like a doctor. He sounds like your grandmother telling you embarrassing secrets. Donnie, you're, you're just going bald. What's the big deal? <laughs> Propecia's better than a wig. Remember when you tried the wig? That was horrible. <laughs> with that said, with that said, I also do think Trump went a little overboard. I mean, two days after Dr. Bornstein blabs about the baldness pills, Trump sends his personal bodyguard and two other dudes to break down the doctor's door or probably just walk through the beaded curtain, whatever, <laughs> and take all of his records. And I'm not gonna lie, I feel bad for Dr. Bornstein. You know, he looks shook here. He's like, more than me, I, I'm scared for everyone else in the Fraggle Rock community. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's move on, let's move on. Why does no one in Trump's world look normal? Anyway, what, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to the only thing that terrifies President Trump more than going bald. The Mueller investigation. We have breaking news from the New York Times, which has obtained the list of 49 questions that special counsel Robert Mueller has recently provided to President Trump's lawyers. Questions that Mueller wants answered in an interview with the president. Five about his fired national security advisor, Michael Flynn. 21 about fired FBI director, Jim Comey. Nine about attorney general, Jeff Sessions. And 14 about coordination with Russia. We have a graphic of at least 40 of the questions yeah. that Robert Mueller's team would ask the president. Okay, that's a ton of questions. Like, you can't make Trump read that much. <laughs> no, I mean, the only things that Trump reads are his Twitter mentions and the Garfield cartoons the CIA slips into his daily intelligence briefings. That's it. <laughs> and I get, I get why Mueller wants to ask Trump these questions. But I think it'll be a waste of his time because you know that every answer to every one of these questions is just gonna be Trump going, they said I could never get to 270 electoral college votes. I got 306 votes, so many votes. Mueller will be like, my question was, please state your name for the record. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it's Donald Trump. T, as in tremendous electoral college victory. <laughs> so, Robert Mueller gave a list of questions to Trump's legal team. And those questions have now leaked to the media. And everyone knows, unless it's in a hotel room in Russia, President Trump does not like leaks. The president tweeting this. So disgraceful that the questions concerning the Russian witch hunt were leaked to the media, no questions on collusion. Oh, I see, you have a made up phony crime, collusion that never existed, and an investigation begun with illegally leaked classified information. Nice. Nice. <laughs> This is America's first sarcastic president. Nice. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, having a sarcastic president is cool until shit hits the fan. And you'd be like, oh, you're gonna kill all these hostages? Nice. Oh, wait, you did? My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but you can tell from this tweet that the president is really mad. First off, because he says none of Mueller's questions are about collusion, which is not true, because 14 of the questions are about collusion. But I guess if you round down, 14 is basically zero. And second, <laughs> Second, he's really mad because he believes that Mueller's team leaked these questions to the press. But what if it turns out the leak is coming from inside the house? It's very likely, or at least it would make a lot of sense, that the leak would come from Trump world. They're looking for the media and the public to go, geez, these questions are really hard. Yeah. They, they really would not go well for him. He can't sit down because they can't convince him to not do it themselves. Because people like us on television would be saying that this is a really bad idea oh. and perhaps he listens to television uh, more than he listens to his own advisors. <laughs> Being Trump's lawyer must be so exhausting. No, just think about it. He won't listen to you 
So you have to launder your legal advice through the TV. <laughs> Trump's lawyers are basically doing the same thing parents do to get their kids to eat greens, you know? Just like, come on, Timmy, eat your broccoli. I don't wanna. Mr. Sock says broccoli is delicious. <laughs> Yay, broccoli. I love Mr. Sock. I hate daddy. <laughs> oh, come on. Your daddy's a great guy. Nuh-uh. I like Mr. Bob more. He hugs mommy during the day. <laughs> what the f***? What the f***? <laughs> so this is interesting. This is interesting, right? Trump's lawyers may have leaked these questions so that the news will tell Trump to not talk to Mueller. And uh, guess which news did exactly what Trump's team needed? This garbage from the New York Times tonight, absolute garbage. No attorney will ever let this president sit down with Robert Mueller. This New York Thanks. Times thing, put it in your fireplace and burn it. Because we have sources that say half of these questions are dumb anyway. You don't, oh, what was in your mind at the time? You don't, you don't punish people or charge people for the thoughts they have in their head. You know, my favorite thing about Sean Hannity is he's the wrongest right-sounding person you'll ever meet. <laughs> because you realize you can get charged because of the thoughts you had in your head. It's called criminal intent. It's such a basic concept of law and order that they put it in the name of the show. <laughs> And you know what I find amazing about all of this? Like, just, just when you think about it, what I find amazing about all of this is everyone is telling Trump he shouldn't sit down with Robert Mueller. But why? If he's innocent, just go answer the questions. And I know some people might be saying, no, Trevor, Mueller is clearly trying to trap Trump. That's what he's trying to do. It's trying to trap him. What trap? He's giving Trump the questions ahead of time. That's not a trap. Trump can practice his answers. <laughs> he can tattoo them on himself like memento if he needs. <laughs> I mean, hell, if it helps, he can memorize his answers in song form. He can be like, I did not protect Michael Flynn and I never met Putin. Like, you can, you can do it all. How is this a trap? I honestly find this mind-blowing because, like, this is the world's easiest open book test. And still, still, Trump's people are going, yeah, I'm worried he's still gonna fail. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an actor who stars in the critically acclaimed Netflix series, Dear White People. Please welcome Antoinette Robertson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am a genuinely huge fan of Dear White People, and I, I know some people in the audience may not be familiar with the show, but the title makes it seem like it's a show that's telling white people stories or ideas that emanate from the black world, but really, it's just a story of kids living their lives in college, and many of them happen to be black. Yeah. It's just a series. Uh, the name is meant to articulate uh, the mindset of the minorities of the world, if that makes sense. And the thought process is there are several groups of students, like it follows minorities on their passive of, like in college. So they figure out, like they're navigating um, um, racial tensions because there's a blackface party. And after the blackface party, 
uh, racial tensions get to the utmost high and these students are just trying to figure out their identity right. and where they fit in in the world and how the world perceives them. So it's, it's just telling our stories. What I love about your character is you play this powerful, smart woman mm -hmm. who comes from a world where for so long she has been mistreated because of the color of her skin, yeah. even within the black community. Yeah. Like, why is Coco so significant just in the name in of itself? Because her name is Colandria. So in her mind, changing it to Coco made it more acceptable. So if she went in for an interview right. and they said Colandria, automatically resume in the bin. You know what I mean? Her thought process was, you know, if I can assimilate in some way, shape or form, that is going to be a means of survival for right. me in the world that has a tendency to, to view black people as, as one thing. And we're all multidimensional beings. So the, that fact alone has her strive to be the best in her classes, to be articulate, to make sure that she has a level of decorum, especially in the presence of other, being a black face in a white place. Right. So people think that she sells out and that's not what it is. She's just trying to better herself and that's the only way that she sees fit. Were there, were there any parallels between Coco's world and your world in real life as a dark-skinned black woman? Most definitely. I feel like as a dark-skinned woman, if I'm assertive and I passionately articulate how I'm feeling, people might see me as being aggressive. Or I get called the B word in that regard. Women know that on a whole. Like sometimes we might, you know, be a little apprehensive to say how we feel because right. of how we might be labeled in a man's world, so to speak. So Coco's just decided, okay, if I polish, if I polish the things that I say, if I make sure that I make the right moves, if I'm in line with the right people, if I go to the right school, then, then I'll have the success that I really, really want in life. When you look at the character and the story, we're moving into season two now. Mm -hmm. I know many people, including myself, are excited for it. Yeah. What is your, uh, I guess, what is your greatest joy in playing Coco? What, are the, what is the thing you're looking forward to in her evolution? I love that Coco is starting to live her absolute truth, unapologetically so. I feel like we're in a world that wants to put women in this little box and we should be able to do, say, and be whatever we want, especially like little girls of color who aren't used to having, not used to seeing the Olivia Popes before they become Olivia Pope. Wow. They see like, they're if they're navigating the world and they, they feel kind of insecure or based on the fact that the world has this notion that a Eurocentric ideal of beauty is what beauty is. Right. These girls don't see themselves. They don't see a reflection of themselves. And because of that, it, you know, like it, it, it gives people a lack of self-esteem. So I feel like with portraying her with Grace, even though, you know, she does clap back. Don't get it twisted, guys. Um, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, articulately so. Um, it, it feels like, okay, great. You guys can see a woman of color that's not depicted as a stereotype or how the world would want to believe that we're all angry black women. Right. But yeah. giving her the opportunity to be angry yeah. if she wants to If she to wants be. to be, right, ladies? Right. Be angry if you want to be, be happy if you want to be. Always beautiful, always amazing. Thank you so oh much God. for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Season two of Dear White People premieres May 4th on Netflix. Antoinette Robertson, everybody. Thank you so much. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and more.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast.